Hello, friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. I have a long list of people that I pray for every day. As some of you know, I have a large family, nine children and ten grandchildren. I also have a fairly large extended family. I have three brothers. My wife has three sisters. They have children and grandchildren like I do. And, of course, I pray for my church family every day and many others whom I've known or been associated with in ministry over the years. I don't make a speech to God about each person. I begin with Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1, 17-23, and then place all the names I mention under that prayer umbrella, so to speak. Now, with some people, I will make a specific request if they need a special healing or maybe if they need to come to Christ for the first time or need to come back to him. I pray for one young man who lives not that far from me, but whom I've never met. I went to college for one year with his stepmother in California in 1973. I haven't seen her since, but you know the wonders of Facebook. I'm sure most of the people on my list know I pray for them. Certainly my children know I pray for them every day. I tell them often. But there are some on my list, like the young man I just referred to, have no idea they are mentioned before God's throne each day by me. I think prayer is wonderful. The idea that we can have a positive impact on someone's life, even though we may never get to have a direct personal contact with them, even though we've never met them, even though they have no idea we exist. My grandmother used to have a little plastic knickknack, I guess you'd call it, in her living room. It said in simple but profound terms, prayer changes things. I believe that with all my heart. When we pray in faith, something always happens. Now, you may not see it happen, but there is an invisible world inhabited by spiritual beings who affect our lives here on earth. That might sound strange to some, but just read the Bible. I believe that when we pray, things happen in that invisible world. If we persevere, change will finally be seen in the visible world. But faith is continuing to pray when you don't see any visible change in the object of your prayer. Listen to what Jesus said about prayer. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I think you get the point. If that unjust judge finally responded to the widow just to get rid of her, how much more will our loving, 
Heavenly Father respond to his children who continually cry out to him and refuse to give up. And Jesus had a lot to say about prayer. For example, he said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I want to spend the rest of our time on a subject that perhaps we don't think about enough where prayer is concerned. I mentioned earlier that there are some people I pray for who don't know I'm praying for them. I want you to know today that there is someone praying for you that you may be unaware of. His name is Jesus. The letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament tells us about the high priestly ministry of Jesus. A priest, of course, is one who is called by God to intercede on behalf of others. In the Old Testament, people would bring their offerings and uh, other things to the priest, and he would pray for them. Hebrews shows us that Jesus is our high priest who intercedes for us now. Listen to this beautiful passage from chapter 7. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he, that's Jesus, he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever." Most of you who have been in church all your life have had more than one pastor. In your mind, no doubt, some of them have been better than others, although I hope you supported each one. Part of your pastor's job, as I've already indicated, is to pray for you, to carry out that priestly ministry we're talking about today. But regardless of how good and faithful your pastor is, you have someone perfect who is praying for you, the everlasting Son of God, who is our high priest in heaven. Have you sinned? Go to Jesus. John says in 1 John 2, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. 
Jesus is your advocate. That word in the original is the same word that Jesus uses of the Holy Spirit in John 14. He says there, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The old King James said comforter in place of helper. The word means one called alongside to help. That's the word John used in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, translated advocate. In other words, there is somebody standing before Father God who is on my side, and he happens to be God's beloved son. If you ever needed help from some big shot and a friend said, well, I know somebody who is close to him, I'll call him for you and ask him to say something to this exalted individual. If one of my children came to me and asked me to help a friend of theirs, I would do it for the sake of my precious child. How much more will God's only son help you before the Father? You know, those prayers I lift up for my loved ones every day, I believe God hears me. The Bible certainly encourages us to pray. But whether God wants to answer my prayers or not, I can promise you he will answer the prayers of his son, Jesus. And according to the Bible, his son is interceding for us. Praise God. I hope this little talk has encouraged you to know that although you might feel isolated and alone right now, you are not alone. Jesus is with you, and Jesus is praying for you. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our advocate, our comforter, our helper before the throne of God, interceding always for us. What a comfort and what a joy to know that you love us and care for us and that you are on our side. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. My dear friend, I would ask you to pray for us. I believe our prayers are effective, especially when we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest. Pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, where we are meeting on Sundays at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady, New York trying to reach not just Schenectady, but folks in the Capital District of New York. We meet at 10 o'clock on Sundays at the American Legion Hall there at 1809 Union Street. If you're in that area, if you don't have a church home, come visit with us. We would love to meet you. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.